Hey guys, you're listening to episode 26 of the InspireWire podcast. Welcome, Welcome to, to the InspireWire, Inspire a, a podcast, podcast where, where ideas, ideas are exchanged, exchanged worlds are traveled, and life is experienced. This is the InspireWire with your host, Tom Murphy. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the InspireWire podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tom Murphy, and today's episode, we have Rachel Fleming on the podcast, a good friend of mine from my hometown. She's in town. She's working towards her doctorate in history. She wants to be a history professor. We talk a lot of good stuff, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, Keep in mind any interesting questions you may have that were not answered, any feedback you have on the podcast, any things you want me to go back, like talk about more interesting stories about me um, that I was doing earlier on in the podcast. I will definitely be interested in any and all feedback. I'm also thinking about a potential, uh, you know, segment in the works where we could really have something that we could always count on every week um, with a certain set of questions that'll really get good answers. So keep that in mind and reach out to me on my Twitter or email any any way you can. My Twitter is at InspireWirePod. So definitely let me know. Um, and let's go to the interview. For everyone here, I'm talking with Rachel Fleming, a friend of mine from high school. We both grew up in Northbridge. And um, luckily, she's hanging around, so it was easy to have her stop by and um we've already had a long a lot of conversation going on hopefully we still have things to talk about but uh thanks for coming on the show thanks for having me yes so i guess one thing we could do to start is you just um let me know how how things are going lately and what you've been up to you recently graduated um got a graduate degree from UVM, correct? Yep. And that's and what was the official title? So I officially have a master's in history. All right. You're a master of history. Wow. I am a master. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh and what was your specific area that you went for? So I went in thinking I wanted to study like colonial America uh, and then I got there and changed my mind and now I do 19th century American cultural history um, specializing in New England uh, and literature okay interesting interesting and um, so that's over and now uh, from what I've gathered from our conversation you're you're gonna try to you're applying now for uh, PhD programs and hopefully to become a college history professor. Yeah, so right now I'm kind of getting my application materials together um, and all that jazz to apply to doctoral programs in history and American studies with the goal of becoming a college professor teaching uh, history or English yeah. or cultural studies classes. So how many more years of school is that? It's about five or six. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. But you love school. I do. I love school. Yeah. I miss school right now. Yeah. I was in Walmart recently and they had school supplies out and I was kind of bummed I didn't get any because I'm a huge <laughs> nerd. <laughs> That's funny. No, I definitely, uh, this is the thing. I, I like school, but when finals come around, I get a little bit <laughs> angry. <laughs> yeah, finals are the worst. Yeah, probably the worst period of time I've had, you know, just that that like three to four week period is like hell. So I mean, in undergrad finals were pretty bad and my grad program finals weren't too terrible after the first semester where I got used to it because when finals rolled around, you had to stop doing like weekly assignments, which was sweet. And then you could just focus on your main big project. Granted, you'd be writing about 70 pages in three weeks, but <laughs> that's crazy. at least you got to write about what you wanted. True. You have more autonomy. For sure. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So teaching, teaching history, teaching uh, 
college kids. I'm sure that be that would be an interesting, you know, especially since if you get out of if once you get out of your doctorate program, you'll you'll still be just turning 30 almost. Yeah. That's you know, you're that's not that much of an age difference to college students. That would be an interesting thing because um I don't know. They're they that's I don't know, maybe high school is different because you could become a high school professor right now and that would be a really close age difference. Yeah, one of my good friends teaches high school Spanish and she got that job when she just turned 23. Yeah. So, I mean, she's basically the same age as they are. Wow. Um, and I... So weird. Yeah. Especially, say, you're a person that really looks young. You could be like um, somebody who looks super young and then there's a high schooler that looks super old and you're like which one is it's yeah. true uh i guess you gotta really work out that professional outfit you got going on especially like and then you have to be like no uh i'm a high school teacher and you're dealing with high school kids that are just juvenile yeah i mean college is a lot easier because if they don't want to be there they just don't show up yeah and if they're not interested, they just don't listen. And that's yeah. not on you. Like, you're not forced to make them learn. It's up to them to do it. Um, yeah. You're just kind of offering material to them. And yeah. whether they choose to take it in is their business. So do you see yourselves teaching in mass? Like, there's so many colleges around here. I would love to teach in mass. Um, just because we have some of the best colleges in the country. And I'd like to live yeah. here. But it's finding college teaching jobs right now is kind of difficult. The market's really tight for those positions. Um, So it would be likely that I'd probably have to go somewhere out in the middle of nowhere for a couple of years to get some experience before moving back to New England. But we were talking a bit about that earlier. It would be a nice chance to just move to a new city and kind of experience a new area for a little while and get some more teaching experience. I mean, I taught some classes as a TA at UVM, but to kind of have my own show as yeah you would say um yeah would be cool yeah that would be pretty crazy um i don't know it seems weird for me like to be teaching like at this point in time because like i know some people who are teaching right now and it's just like i guess in general any role where you're supervising someone else or like managing or whatever you're the boss quote unquote and like I don't have my life figured out. What am I telling other people? Like, I don't know. Well, that's what's nice about teaching like a subject. Okay. If you're an authority on like that specific subject, you at least have that. I mean, (laughs) teaching them how to do their taxes or do their laundry might be something different. Which I think we needed a class on that in high school instead of the random, you know, I mean, we all know how the nucleus is the powerhouse of the cell, but we can't fill out our W-2s. Brutal. Yeah. The amount of things we know from back in high school that weren't practical at all. No, and they're just taking up a significant chunk of our brain. Yeah, I... So many random facts that I don't need. (laughs) Like, and that's... And that's a huge issue, in my opinion, with, like, what we learn in high school, like... I was talking, um, I forget who I was interviewing, but we were talking about how the way technology is changing, a lot of different things are changing, but our school systems are kind of just in in cruise control. I don't know. Definitely. It's pretty weird. I don't even agree with the way they teach subjects in high school. You don't learn yeah. important things. True. Um, like, especially in history, like after spending six years studying history in college, what we learned in high school was just kind of bizarre because once you get to college, dates and history are not important. Like you should have like a rough 10 to 20 year idea of when something happens, but yeah, the why is more important than the when. Exactly. And That's then interesting. just the books that they make us read and the, the facts that they tell us are important. And then you get out to the real world and you're like, well, all right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's another reason why teaching college is preferred because you can focus on it in an important issue as opposed to just them passing their MCAS or or memorizing dates. Yeah, like, and you just have a lot more control over what you teach. 
Right. Um, like I could just totally leave stuff out that I have no interest in. Right. Um, and just teach classes that I know about and feel comfortable talking about. And it's nice because when they get to college, you're essentially an adult and you can have adult conversations about things and you don't have to hide your own personal, political or religious, social, cultural views from them. And you can have open and honest conversations. It's not seen as a weakness for you being um, honest, you know, or like showing who you are, you know. And like you were saying about some of your professors, you liked being in the graduate school because you got to have like a good relationship like that was normal just to adults versus it's a clear like orderly relationship in high school that's just like very distant. Yeah, I mean, you get to a certain point in college where your professors in a way become more of colleagues than teachers. Yeah. Um, because you work with them and it's a very close, I don't know, working relationship with them. It's not just they teach you and you regurgitate what they teach. It's you have a working relationship and they teach you and you learn from them and then they learn from you. Yeah. Both people are interested in the same field and they're just as uh, excited to do research as the next person. So, yeah, one person may have more experience, but they're both like colleagues like you're saying because they're have same similar goals yeah yeah that's cool yeah so that looks like you got six years of your life mapped out that's a that's a luxury nowadays it is it really is i mean just taking this year off and having everything so up in the air is stressful yeah um and school i mean it is a bubble right uh, it's, it's like a safe a little bubble, bubble. um yeah. i mean yeah. it's not easy but it's it's comforting burlington vermont that uh, when I visited you last uh, March or February, that was um, a really cool town. You guys got a l- nice little space up there. Um, what can you say about Burlington? It's a super fun place to visit and be. Um, yeah. Quality of life up there is great, and there's just always a million things going on. It's yeah. a great area if you like the outdoors. Um, right. You know, I'm not particularly outdoorsy, <laughs> uh, so there wasn't much going on for me in that area. But I almost, I almost got snowed in. Like, you, oh my gosh, because you guys was, left the day of that big storm. That's right. Yeah. Like, it was absurd because it was right. It was first of all, it was snowing when we on the way up mm-hmm. once we got like past montpelier it was it was snowing yeah. and then it barely snowed it was like, like weirdly warm out when you were up there yep and then the day we left it just started coming down bad um but yeah it's um it's pretty up there north uh, it's like 30 minutes from the canadian border yeah. so it's it's kind of easy to forget how far up it is yeah um, but it's like a super cool town. There's always live music and good food. and Yeah, a lot of young people. A lot of young people. Um, definitely it, a college scene. It seems like a very progressive um, area, especially like I remember, I don't know what was going on um, socially at the time, but there was a group of people outside the TD Bank um, and they were protesting TD Bank because they were not divesting from like uh uh fossil fuel resources because td bank had like ties with like exxon i don't even know what it was it was just they were protesting something about td bank because they weren't like being environmentally friendly in some specific instant so i I don't know if you saw a lot of that happening. I saw protests constantly. I mean, much more so this year with the election happening and um, a lot of just general social anxiety. But I mean, I definitely went to a couple protests. I did the Women's March in Montpelier. Um, But it is very progressive and very liberal up, especially in that area of Vermont. The rest of Vermont is can be more moderate, but Burlington and Chittenden County, where Burlington sits... Yeah. is very liberal um it's bernie country up there yeah 100 percent. that's cool though um and when i was an undergrad uh my school was very liberal as well but there was like it was interesting because nowadays like the whole college scene is is a bubble to the like exponential degree in the sense that um 
college students have a lot of power in in the way that they try to create their you know social and cultural um, ideals as far as like um, creating uh, I don't know equality whether it's gender race politics uh, religion all of that type of thing and um, like there's been a lot of instances in colleges across the u.s now that have been like um protesting for certain things and it's gotten pretty there's some instances where it's gotten violent um i don't know if that ever happened when you were there or how crazy the protests got but um that's definitely a thing happening now it is um all of the protests up there were extremely peaceful and respectful yeah Yeah. um and i think a lot of that just had to do with being in vermont in general right there's just a certain kind of more chill chill mellow culture i mean everybody was still kind of riled up about why they were protesting or why they were marching but they kept that kind of inside as they just marched peacefully um realizing that violence isn't the answer isn't really going to get them anything yeah i noticed that like when i was in school we ended up kicking out like that's the power of like the the students is we've kicked out a few um uh concert uh people Mm -hmm. or like artists that were gonna come in because of something in their lyrics or things like that also comment like commencement speakers we've kicked out before it's interesting the way it works within that college bubble how much power that you can really have It is. And I think it's kind of an interesting conversation to have because a lot of people have been critiquing college students lately because of like the liberal bubble situation and they don't want to listen to certain people speak. Um, I know there were commencement addresses where Mike Pence spoke or Ann Coulter spoke and people just got up and left. Yeah. And I guess the kind of argument is like it is a college and you should sit and listen to all different viewpoints. But at the same time is how dangerous are those viewpoints and how are they affecting you? True. To decide whether or not you should sit and listen or if you want to make a statement and walk out. It's a really yeah. crazy kind of political and cultural climate out there right now. Yeah, I see both sides, to be honest, because I can see why um, people are really hurt by um, other people and their their views and how it can be personally um, very negative. But I also see the point where it's like, well if I don't see all sides of the argument, then Mm -hmm. it's, you're not learning anything. You're just saying narrow minded, which is what a lot of people are protesting against. So, but yeah, it's interesting how, how crazy it's gotten lately. I mean, and it's hard, like you, especially a lot of the students at UVM were extremely political people and politics just permeated the culture of UVM. Um, Not always in a good way, because so many of those students didn't necessarily do the research on the topic they were arguing about and maybe didn't have the life experience to back up their arguments or even understand the arguments they were making. Right. So they get kind of caught in a hole. So they do. And I think it's important to learn all sides of an argument or a situation um, or even just somebody's different backgrounds before making a claim or making an argument or making a protest sign. Yeah. Like educate yourself before you make moves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And in when you're in an environment like that with all these people around you that are, have like similar type views, things can get out of hand, especially like I know when I was in college, my I wasn't like perfectly mentally sound. Like, um, I like, don't know if any college student. Yeah, is. <laughs> exactly. Not that many people like are like 100 percent all there, but like at, at the same time these college students have made like national news in some cases. So it's like, it's kind of crucial to make sure that you know what you're doing before things get out of hand. But definitely. And I think your early twenties are a really impressionable age, despite the fact that you feel like an adult and present yourself as an adult. Um, I know a lot of people tend to brush off what their parents tell them, but like your parents have lived longer than you have. So maybe just listen up a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I um, I definitely was... I've always been somebody who 
I don't know, is a little headstrong or maybe a lot headstrong. Me too. And being <laughs> just like so confident in what I think is right or things like that um, and trying to prove that. Um, but, you know, you you make mistakes, you learn and then and then you realize, all right, take a step and wait and then decide. So. And it's important to recognize when you're wrong just be like, yes, I am wrong. Just saying that it like gives me a pit in my stomach because I love to be right and I love oh, to debate yeah. with people. But to recognize when you've messed up is is important. Yeah, like going through a debate and then like having an argument and then knowing you're wrong and then deciding to continue for an hour to try to dig yourself <laughs> out of a hole. <laughs> it's like always the worst decision. It's embarrassing, but like. Some part of you just can't stop arguing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I've i been in many of those. <laughs> but it, it's all right, though. Arguing is fun. <laughs> it is fun. I love a good debate. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's good. You got your, you're at home. You're going to be going to PhD life. You're, yeah. and, um, you, I'm 25, you're 24. Back when our parents were this age, they were like married. My that, parents were married and like I was a, on the way or I was here, geez. which is frightening. Wild. Uh, That's crazy to me because like a few years ago I was in college. Like I right now I just my mentality is is nothing of a significant like caregiver like what i mean i just barely take care of myself the thought yeah. of taking care of someone else is uh, intimidating for sure like i'd much rather go to a phd program than have to take care of a child yeah and you think um our parents when they were in that situation they probably thought like i don't know if i'm ready but like this is what people are doing you yeah. think that's how it worked like because you know they also like a lot of people a lot of our parents went to college and they had literally zero time to afterwards figure out like what their life was because they had kids you know yeah i mean and that's something i am really kind of obsessed with is making sure that i have my 20s to myself so i can kind of figure out exactly who i am and what i want before bringing other people into that i think it's smart it is yeah it's probably one of I was I talked about this for a little bit in another podcast, but like the choice to have a kid, probably one of the biggest decisions you make, but it's swept under the rug because it's so common. Yeah. It's like not only is that a t like all of your time, but it's also a huge financial. It's just like everything like is out the window you know yeah i mean you ugh, i just i can't even imagine <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly like you have you have your six you have your five or six years mapped out and imagining raising a child during that time is probably just not ever it's thought of. definitely not in the game plan in no. any way shape or form yeah. um i know people who do complete phd programs with kids and like they're rock stars i can't even imagine yeah but yeah not for me hard pass on that <laughs> yeah it's just weird to me because it seems so like if someone if someone asks you no one ever asks you hey are you gonna have kids it's not like a topic of conversation a lot a lot of times it's like when are you having kids as soon as you're married it's like when do you want kids <laughs> or even before you're married they're like so uh when do you think you're gonna maybe like settle down and uh have some yeah. children yeah when are my grandparents coming i mean no <laughs> when are my grandchildren coming um whenever i get asked that i'm like i don't know ask my brother <laughs> yeah at least yeah you can just be like um i'm not the only child in this family <laughs> um but yeah it's it just is weird like how how important children are i mean obviously they're important because with 
if nobody had kids, we wouldn't have people. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but how how central it is to um, our culture. You know, if if it weren't for that, like, if people just showed up and we didn't have to like raise them and they were just like there, it would the, our culture would be so different? It'd be weird. I don't yeah. know. Weird. It's a weird idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm just you should pitch that as a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know why I thought of that, but it's just, um, it's just. I was thinking about my parents and how, you know, they just, you know, it was. They just they had a conversation about it, but it's so common that it's like doesn't make sense that nobody talks about it. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, and we're part of a generation that's not as keen on getting married or are having yeah. children when they're not married because... Right. Yeah, no, it's gotten more individualistic, which yeah. in this case I think is a benefit because, you know, you need to, I don't know, your life is, you know, important. You want to you wanna have, like you said map out what you want to do before you bring in someone else so that what you're doing isn't just so you can provide. It's yeah. also so you can, you know, have a fulfilling experience. Definitely. And I just wouldn't want to bring a child into a situation where like you don't know what you're doing and you don't know why you're doing it. Yeah. I and mean, you want to set you literally, a good example, I guess. Yeah. You literally would not have time to, um, think about yourself at all yeah so then how do you raise somebody to think about themselves because usually it's just like seems like a cycle in which they're like all right um i didn't get to do what i wanted to do mm -hmm. but maybe my kids will get to do what they wanted to do but then when you retire like when are the kids coming <laughs> it's just like so you want them to do what they want to do but you don't want them to do this because you want them to have kids it's weird yeah and who knows if i'm just like being a hypocrite right now because if <laughs> i'm like doing the same thing who knows what happens when you get old you know it seems like you totally change like i noticed how in a small amount of time my opinions can change drastically about a lot of different topics definitely and, and like I'm 25 now in 25 years my opinions are going to be so different and it's it's a little scary in that sense because I don't want to become someone who does a b c d but if things just happen like that I'm going to be like wow I'm exactly what I didn't want to be or something like that I mean I guess it's just finding out how much our life experiences dictate our personality and our opinions yeah yeah, that's the other thing, like focusing on what you want yourself to be is important because there are so many influences out there that are really trying to get you towards to follow one specific route. Mm -hmm. And if you and if you don't aren't constantly reminding yourself, all right, uh, this is what I'm about and and I have to divert from like a cultural or social mm -hmm. norm. It's, a, it's difficult to do. And I think it helps to have really supportive friends and family with that. Yeah. I mean, I've always kind of marched to the beat of my own drummer. Yeah. Uh, and my parents are rock stars. They've always supported even the craziest of dreams and aspirations. Yeah. Uh, like my mom came to Japan with me when I was 13. Like yeah. they're just cool. Um, and it's not often you tell your family you want to get a PhD in history. And they're just like, yes, do it. Go for it. They're just like, all right. But Dr. Rachel. <laughs> I'm going to exclusively make my father call me Dr. Rachel. Um. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty wild. I mean, it's crazy how, yeah, we were talking about people we knew from high school and how, how different it seems, you know, like it was, it doesn't seem like a long time ago, but things are just going to change. And I don't know, I guess just time makes it, all work it's just like oh yeah they're totally different now it's weird yeah we're all so much cooler than we were <laughs> before 
Well, that is a fact, but it just seems <laughs> it just seems weird um, to think because back in high school we thought we were like so cool, but like I don't know, we were just lame. <laughs> yep, uh, little dorky. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> no, but I think it's good to change. I think, but you got to make sure not to. I don't know. I just keep picturing myself being somebody like being old and, and being like, where are my grandkids? And that's like the, uh, I do not want to do that <laughs> because I don't want so I don't want to influence somebody in a negative way or not a negative way, but like make someone do something that's not them. It's difficult. Then and that's also something like you have to figure out how to do in as a history professor. It's like you want to you want to possibly influence your students um, and make sure, you know, your biases aren't going to change them. Yeah, I think the most important thing when teaching others is to not inspire them to think or feel the way you do, but inspire them to become free thinking individuals yeah. And to do that, I think you need to offer as full and inclusive a history or a story as you can um, so they yeah. can pick and choose which parts they relate to and then which parts will influence them in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's a really unique thing about college is you're able to really block out a lot of things that are going on. Um not many people get that time to really it's hard to like carve out a chunk of time where you can be like all right i'm gonna just think about what i you know want to think about or or study yeah and be like researching i mean college is great you learn a lot about the field you're interested in but you also learn about yourself and the world and the kind of person you want to become and i think we're starting towards a trend where people go to college thinking they have to be a certain major so they can find a certain job. And I don't believe that's what education is for. Right. Um, I mean, that's coming from a history major, so I guess yeah. I'm kind of open to any major, but right. I think it's an important time to just learn as much as you can. Yeah, I agree. I think um, it's starting to get, it was so narrow in once you got down a path in college it was like you took that path so this is the job you get which doesn't but, make any sense because no. it's not like you come out of college with a specific skill set that makes no. you a great option yeah. for people searching for employers it really should just be and it's starting to get better i think now it's more people do respect somebody who doesn't isn't so specialized they're like okay this person's pretty well rounded they have social skills they have this other skill set they got computer skills they've had multiple industry jobs mm -hmm. or like different uh academic backgrounds and you know they're personable whatever um uh, i think a more well-rounded you know person who maybe they're interviewing for a job that's not their major is still it's much more accepted than it used to be definitely and i think a lot of people write off like humanities degrees because they say that's useless. What are you going to do with that? But I think the most important skills to come out of college with, can you speak well? Yeah. Yes. Can you write well? Yes. And can you analyze situations right. and have conversations with people? Yeah. And if you come out of college with those skills, I think you could transfer those to any kind of job. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely, that's one of the most important things is just, you know, having, you know, you're, you're savvy. You're, you can, you know, you're personable, you can make decisions well and, you know, be work on work in a team and things like that. But so that sounds good. Now you're uh, you're hanging out. You have all this free time. I do. <laughs> I need to figure out what to do with it. Uh, it's the first time I've had like actual free time in I don't know, like 10 years yeah. since high school. I was a little precocious in high school. That, so. that happened to me right after I graduated college. I had a ton of free time. Well, I kind of just decided not to jump into uh, a job right away, mm -hmm. which worked out. Yeah. Um, and 
it was amazing because when I was in college, I didn't like to read because I was reading a million the, other things that you had to read. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, I need a break. And so I like socialized or, or, you know, I had sports and, and then when I had all this free time, I was like, I'm reading all the time now. It's great. Um, and also focusing on like myself, mm-hmm. like even in college, you had, you had like your, your studies that you got to choose and then you had sports, you had like no time and you really couldn't focus on the future. Like you're supposed to be looking for your job in college. And I couldn't because I couldn't think about what I wanted to do because I was so focused on my assignments, my practice, and then social. Yeah. Like, I mean, just take that time. Yeah. You can figure it out after college, I guess. I mean, that's what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it is nice to have some time to kind of figure out what I like to enjoy again I mean I used to have a lot of creative hobbies that I kind of let slip in college because I just didn't have time and like you said reading um, I didn't read a book for pleasure in grad school I read maybe one because in a history grad program you typically are assigned a book a week per class so I was reading like three full history texts a week uh, through most of the two-year period so my brain is actually fried (laughs) I read one book all summer and I'm an avid reader and now I'm finally back to it and it's kind of nice yeah that's crazy I um I really enjoy reading now but at first I was just like I couldn't I couldn't hang but it's nice and um when we were talking earlier you were like yeah I might even uh decide to take out the cello again (laughs) which would be crazy but awesome it would be uh I don't know just to do something musical or artistic I think would be a fulfilling yeah. way to spend my yeah uh year it's a it's a cool skill to have for sure the cello is gigantic though that's the other thing it's pretty sweet yeah it's a big instrument it can fill up a room it can it's got a big sound and i like that yeah yeah i uh almost interviewed a i, th- I believe he's like an orchestral composer neat but didn't it fell through um but uh it was really cool um i i i love um you know like music scores and movies Mm -hmm. and they always have cellos so it's just like it's just such a rich sound and you can do so much with it yeah Uh, yeah i asked for the cello for christmas on a whim one year in high school and i got it uh justin adi and i took cello lessons for one summer but we mostly just goofed off uh, but I still have it, and I really want to learn how to play some Bach cello suites before I die. It's on the bucket list, so uh, might as well get to it. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I wish... Uh, I say I wish I knew an instrument, but like that would require all that work. I mean, learning to read music is like learning another language. Right. It takes a little bit of time, and yeah. I was lucky I started in the fifth grade, so that's still young enough to kind of pick it up and be able to and the nice thing about music is once you learn how to use it you can pick up instruments not with ease but it's a possibility yeah yeah that that would be cool um we were talking about um other languages earlier you were saying how when you were in uh ireland you got to visit france and you got to speak a little bit of french i did that's good (laughs) uh i um how so maybe you could tell us a little bit about ireland you're saying that that was like one of your favorite places how what what was so special about ireland it's just a wonderful beautiful country full of truly lovely people (laughs) um which is a lot of superlatives in one (laughs) sentence but they're just the irish lifestyle is really intriguing um People are just generally happy and they go with the flow, even if they're just constantly getting rained on like yeah. all day. They're just chill about everything and yeah. they expect people to live happy lives. It's not so much pressure on go, 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 do your career, do this, do that. It's take a break, take an hour for lunch, have yeah. a pint, uh, go listen to some music and then go back to work. Have you- another pint. Ha, yeah, I I like the lunch pint scheme. Yeah, uh, 
it seems like when i was in spain that was it was way way more chill too i think it's a theme it's like yeah. the u.s is our hardos and everywhere they else. work to live they don't live to work right and it's so much more satisfying i'm sure money doesn't come up in the conversation nearly as much as it would in the u.s i mean you know it's it's consumes like consuming is all that the u.s is about it is and i mean even if like you saw in spain like the homes there are much more modest right a lot of people live in kind of multifamily or like apartment style like close together homes and from the outside looking in it looks a little more similar people aren't constantly trying to one-up their neighbors or uh show that they have the newest and greatest they're just i mean of course there's a little bit of that in every culture who doesn't like nice new things but it's not an obsession like it is in the u.s yeah so that's the goal trying to get like uh, it seemed like burlington was similar in that it had it was like the people were chill but like finding an area where you're in you got that nice atmosphere chill seems like you know if you were to pick an area it seems like you know new england is kind of a more chill as long as you're not in the city it seems like a chill area but and it's just what we're used to i mean i study new england's culture and it's the size of a lot of other like decently sized countries in this world and yeah uh it's what we're used to and it's the lifestyle that we like and enjoy and feel comfortable in i plan to stay in new england forever but i would like to experience some other places first yeah and maybe you get um your first college teaching job and uh do you think you'd ever get an opportunity to teach over abroad i would like to that would be amazing Um, i mean when I went to school in Ireland, I had an American professor for an English class I took. Um, she wasn't as fun to listen to as the <laughs> other ones, but she was nice. really nice. Um, but I think it would be a great experience. And obviously, it would be have, have to be a country where they speak English because my language skills just leave a lot to be right. desired. But yeah. I'd happily go back to Ireland. I'd love to go to Scotland and spend some time there. It's my yeah. favorite place. So, wow. um, Well, that that sounds really cool. Otherwise, you can, you know, see where see where this takes you, and and I hope everything goes well in that process with the whole doctorate stuff. Oh, and, why? Thank you. <laughs> and uh, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, I think it was a good talk, and um, maybe we'll have you on again later and see where you're at. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks <laughs> for having me. All right. All right, everybody, that was the interview with Rachel. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I thought it was a good convo. Sorry for bringing up kids again. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, Maybe that can be a topic you guys can uh, give me feedback on as far as what do you think about how people kind of brush that topic under the rug as and assume how it's so, like, commonplace and oh yeah when are you having kids as opposed to are you having kids um so uh, sorry to bring that up again um but I thought it was a good interview and um you know what I learned a lot about was kind of how to one conversation I think that we discussed that was really cool was about being kind of versatile and now and Nowadays, you don't really have to be like so um, so narrow in what you're studying or narrow in your thinking or your job history. Your degree isn't as um, important. Well, it, it is important to have a degree, but for other reasons. What you're studying in particular isn't, import, isn't as important anymore because what we're learning is a lot of other skills like you if you have a major that um you know is not in the sciences or math people will say or or our technology of some sort people will say what skills have you learned but you've learned 
becoming uh, about becoming you know a, a really good writer, a problem solver, critical thinker, you know, um, great social skills, presenting, public speaking, th- those type things, um, a researcher, all those different types of uh, skills that are are helpful in a lot of different types of jobs. I know for a fact that you know my time at Williams immensely helped my writing and that's a skill that is very crucial in in so many fields um so I just thought that was a good topic because it's always good to expand on on the skills that you have because you never know and say you only have one skill and you've been doing that for a long time that that you know that's a a plus because you're an expert in one category but if that field becomes obsolete as we are seeing many fields become obsolete you know um, industries change and you need to be able to adapt and and I think now is the time where there are so many different opportunities and um, it's important to stay balanced and um, I guess since we're on the topic of that uh, we had um, I have a little bit more news for you guys in in the time period that I've uh, been off. I have finished my um, online uh, master's in business administration for um, the website Smartly. Uh, it's a on- free online program that I applied early this year and got in and and it's a uh, about a six month program that I finished and um, passed so that's good and I learned a lot about business um, and I had to take advantage of the opportunity I, I'm thinking about blogging um, my final review of what it's been like to be a part of that but it was um, it was really cool and you know that's just another you know skill that you can learn or or that's what's great about um, technology as well as like the new opportunities that arise through technology for um, education Um, and and that's it's really interesting to me because you know a lot of these different programs master level programs are soon going to be interactive on an app Uh, on a website and a forum like mine was not only was it um it had you know lessons where you you had to you know um do your research and that sort of thing but you also able able to interact and learn from your mistakes and quickly you know pick up new things um we also had you know an online forum with other students we created our own study guides. We had discussion topics and related it to the real world, things like that. Um, so I thought it was a really good program. And um, uh, I have a blog, my initial blog about it, if you guys want to check that out, over on my website at theinspirewire.org. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, and I'll see you guys next time. Alright guys, I'm going to send you off with Lonesome Dreams by Lord Huron, my favorite Lord Huron song. Enjoy. Thank you.
Turn and the old stars die and the young stars burn.